Listener Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a podcast that that shines a light on a situation that is going on in the world somewhere and Keith breaks it down for us in the podcast every week and it can be quite a co- complex situation at times but that's the idea that we, we get it, something's quite interesting and meaty as a topic and then Keith breaks it down and makes it very easy to sort of understand. You have three PhDs on international relations. You're a media commentator on this. You have been for decades so there's not a lot that you don't know that's going on in the world and I'm here to ask you the questions to host this with you, and uh, I learn so much every week, Keith, so it really is such a, an well, honour to you. be involved. Uh, my background is TV and radio, and we've worked together in many years at, in TV, and now this, and I just help you pull it together. So this week we're going to talk about deep fakes. Not cheap fakes, there are a couple of things here, yeah. that, that, well, <laughs> the comparative, but but deep fakes. But explain what you mean yeah, by that. So Keith. deep fakes is the application of artificial intelligence to manipulating images or sounds um, there's a very famous one of Barack Obama who's uh, doing things or saying things that you wouldn't have expected the real Barack Obama to do. So what we're seeing has been this improvement, if one can use that term, in terms of IT, information technology. Uh, normally in the old days you required a lot of uh, different photos and then somehow the uh, artificial intelligence would then recreate the face. What we're now looking at is... Um, a technology that has been developed uh, by Samsung, ironically in their center, research centre in Moscow, which will be able to take one photo of a face and then be able to work off that. And so they will be able to produce this deep fake. Now, we make this comment about deep fakes, which are at the moment the top of the line, distinct from cheap fakes. So cheap fakes would be very badly produced ones. So Another uh, video that's been doing the rounds is Nancy Pelosi, who's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. And they've actually slowed her down in terms of a speech, which suggests that she's been on alcohol. Oh, or, so just by slowing down. And did someone speech, make it as an, ex- uh, as an example of what can be done? Or is what it, can be done. Oh, okay. And so the word goes out, this is Nancy who's now too old and she's a drunkard. Mm. And so that, that, that is a cheap fake. There's an, if you, Because some people say, look, we've got a long history of this. You know, we have special effects in the media. If you think back to the, the uh, movies that we made over the decades whereby you've included visual special effects, you've also got what are called Foley effects. So Foley effects are the sounds that you put onto a movie. So it may well be somebody walking along a gravel path and so you actually record a gravel path, and you build that into the, the movie. Mm. So that's called a Foley effect. So we can create ambient sounds and all sorts of things, and we can also produce special effects. Some of the best videos, uh, best movies at the moment are going around. They've got all these special effects, you know, science fiction and these other movies. And then you've also got an even earlier version is when you take the head of a film star and put it on a pornographic image. So maybe a <laughs> naked female with, I don't know, your head on it. So we then have... How rude! <laughs> <laughs> so I have pictures of a naked Kate. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shock to everyone. <laughs> so you you got that sort of pornographic stuff. And what is interesting, by the way, talking about manipulating well-known images, it's also now possible to bring people like Marilyn Monroe and Salvador Dali, the artist, back to life by 
getting the old film footage and then with through digital enhancement, you can have them making speeches or whatever. So it's very interesting. So some people would say in artificial intelligence, deep fakes simply represent the next logical step. So we've been playing around with sound, we've been playing around with images, and now we've taken it to the next level, whereby we have artificial intelligence that will simply be able to pick up those images and those sounds and create whatever you would want to do. So, for example, there is a a fake video going around of um, uh, Vice President Joe Biden endorsing President Donald Trump for the presidency. Clearly a fake, but it, it got a lot of retweeting. Did it? Yeah, it did. But now, as, you and I are super smart. We, you know, we're not going to get fooled easily enough, but people are sometimes taken in. One of the issues we need to look at, is completely separate from the media, is Andrew Wakefield, who ra- ran the campaign against vaccinations. And he took in the medical profession in Great Britain, lives in exile in the United States where he's got his own fan club, encouraging parents not to have their children injected against the measles, mumps and rubella. So you and I will say, oh, well, we wouldn't believe in any of these deep fakes. I'm just simply saying, well, if you're outside of your own real profession, you are vulnerable to being manipulated. So you and I work in the political space. We would pick up a fake Joe Biden one very easily or Nancy Pelosi. You know, we'd say, look, there's something wrong there. She doesn't normally behave that way. We would pick that up very quickly. But if if you if we were not in the political space and we were just ordinary people out in the street seeing these videos, we may well be fooled by it. And this is one of the issues with these kind of videos, Keith, because a lot of people still are getting, despite the amount of warnings that have been out there about your news source being social media, still a lot of people get their news from social media. Frightening. It is absolutely frightening. And this is where <laughs> these things are shared. Yep. Yeah. as well. So if you've got people that are just, you know, reading tabloid news as a source of truth, yeah. easy target perhaps? It is, absolutely, because they're also in their own little echo chambers. So in other words, at Google, who, wherever, or the Twitter feeds have been selected for them. They've been tailored personally for them. So they're getting information they want to hear on subjects they want to read about. And so they're living in their own, the phrase that I keep using is epistemic community. In other words, that they are living within their own little group and they're not paying attention to what's going on elsewhere. And these people, therefore, can be very easily manipulated. And now we've got fake images coming along, so really smart ones, and that could cause all sorts of problems for elections, for example. What happens with the October surprise, as it's called? So every four years when we have the presidential election, There's always something that happens in October. The date of the election has been set over the last 200 years. So we know when the election will take place for 2020. And so you can then do your own plotting to produce a rabbit out of the hat of one sort or another. And this happens every four years. And so the speculation is, will there be a really sophisticated fake video doing the rounds late October from one side or the other going out to people in the United States, eventually it'll be proved to be fake. By that time, though, the election will be out of the way. So that that is what we're monitoring at the moment. We're, we're trying to work out what's going to be the October surprise. At one point, I thought it was going to be President Trump announcing the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That is still going ahead, uh, but it's obviously hasn't been 
uh, delayed until October. So my guess is that his own campaign staff are working on on October surprise. And I should imagine that uh, Joe Biden, the presumed Democratic contender, will also be working on some sort of October surprise, perhaps a, a video showing Trump slurring his words with the comment that, is this a president who's still fit to hold office? Is it time that we trigger the 25th Amendment or vote him out of office? Whatever. That's going to be very interesting in October. I was about to say, well, that, how many options you got? You've got a million different things that people could create <laughs> exactly. to embarrass the other person. Absolutely. You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Suda. We're talking about deep fakes versus cheap fakes today, um, which is uh, somewhat confusing for me because you did describe them before, what the differences are. But we are in a world where, where deep fakes are a reality and they're probably not going anywhere as well, Keith. What do you think people have to know in terms of deciphering whether something is fake or not? Well, it always goes back to the point you were making earlier about people doing, being too heavily reliant upon social media too quick to rush into judgment. And so deep fakes are the fakes that are constructed by artificial intelligence. So they're a step above cheap fakes, which would be a, a photo of your face on top of an, a nude female you, you body. You have to keep rolling that one out, don't you? <laughs> well, it's memorable. That's the, that's the cheap fake. Yeah. So the, the deep fake is the, the one which is now used by computers because they've enhanced the power of computers through artificial intelligence. If you look at the bigger issue of politics, one of the potential threats from these emerging technologies will be the whole issue in diplomacy. What happens if we suddenly end up with an announcement from the North Korean leader, President Kim, uh, just simply saying we're about to attack the United States. We now have intercontinental missiles and we can reach California. We will attack either Los Angeles or San Francisco. What do you want us to do? Get rid of Silicon Valley or Hollywood? <laughs> now imagine that mm. as a cheap fake. Uh, sorry, a deep fake. So that's one of the problems that you could end up then with this going around the world and the pressure on, in this case, the US government to be able to respond to this perceived threat from North Korea, even though it wasn't made by the North Koreans. Yeah, and that's the thing. But like then, then let's look at it logically, as you always do. You would have the American government pick up the phone to the North Korean government, right? And they'd sort it out immediately, you would think. You would hope for that. And so you, therefore you've got to maintain hotline communications. What do you do about the Iran and the United States? Because Iran has no diplomatic relations with the United States for the last 40 years. So who do you ring in, if you're in Tehran? How do you ring the White House? Hmm. You, you need to speak to the Swiss embassy and ask them to get in touch or you ring the Swiss embassy in Tehran and ask them to get in touch with the Iranian government, depending on what the issue is. But so this is the issue. What you said is quite correct. You've got to have this hotline communication. But if you don't have that hotline communication, by the way, the Americans and the Russians invented that hotline. That, so what I'm talking about is something which came about because of the Cuban Missile Crisis, because Kennedy and Khrushchev both realised how quickly uh, they had moved towards World War Three, and so they they then said we've got to improve our communications, and so they ended up then with this real hotline, a real telephone line between Moscow and Washington D.C. That's clearly what we need for all of the other capitals, and that would include, say, Washington 
and Tehran or uh, Jerusalem and Tehran, you know, countries that are not necessarily communicating with each other, Riyadh and Tehran. I'm just, I'm just following on the Iranian example. Mm. There are plenty of other countries that you could also uh, point to as having mutual animosity. <laughs> But, but Iran does have many enemies, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So that that's one problem. Um, a second problem is that if this keeps occurring so often, people will ignore it. It's about the little boy who talked about the hole in the dike or something, and so there's a child that kept lying, saying the water was coming through the dike, and then eventually when water was coming through the dike, nobody believed the little boy and so the water came through the dike and flooded the village. Well, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Yep, exactly, yep. So that's the second challenge that you would have, that people would get so bored with all of these so-called threats from deep fakes that they will then just tune out. Hmm. But, of course, there will be a serious one which they then ignore. And a third problem would be for the intelligence community in having to analyse all this material. The intelligence community would argue we've got enough other problems to deal with. Now you're putting something else additionally on our agenda. We don't have the time for all of this stuff. So we've talked about all that. Like, there's quite a few negatives that go along with this, but are there any positives, Keith, that come out of deep fakes and cheap fakes? Well, they're very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Nancy Pelosi one. That's right, yeah. And and also the Barack Obama one, which you can still get on YouTube. And that one was actually created in um, the spirit of pointing out what is capable, what yeah. what is is achievable these days Based. and what they can do with exactly. it. Exactly. As a sort of scaremongering tactic, one would hope. So we are being warned. I think there is a, a deeper, more philosophical question here about what is reality. Mm. Because in so many areas we're moving away from reality. Remember a few weeks ago we were talking about money. And I talked about the rise of what are called the fiat currencies, which we've all got, no longer backed by gold. They're just a sheet of paper with a command from the government, hence the word fiat, command saying treat this as though it were worth a dollar. So we now have sources of money that are separated from sources of wealth, if you like. Here we've got images that are separated from reality. So we're moving into a world which is almost a quantum world, which I basically I don't understand. I go to all these lectures on quantum mechanics. I still don't understand them. But it's a world of, of increasing complexity and disengagement, I think, from reality. And that's the bigger philosophical issue, that in a sense a whole new world is opening up, one of, of less and less reality, things that are tangible, which you can then touch. And it's, it's making for a very frightening sort of world, a one of less and less reality... How do I know you're there, for example, right? I, I can see you, but eventually you will be an avatar. So you'll be there, but you could also be across the street at the same time because you'll be an avatar. That just starts to confuse me, but I'm not the world's <laughs> most technical person. So. <laughs> and I'm not either, I've got to say, but I, I ran across avatars when I was lecturing at Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia, and they were showing me how they did their lecturing to submarine crews. So Norfolk, Virginia has got the biggest naval base in the world. So a lot of sailors do their university degrees under the water or on the water if they're on a surface ship. But it's done a lot through avatars. And this was 15 years ago, so the whole technology would have improved considerably. So there's a whole new world opening up of all sorts of individuals, hologram-type individuals. So I could stand in Sydney and give a speech in Melbourne and have my image sent down to Melbourne. 
this is a whole new world God. that is opening up. And in a sense, the deep fakes are just simply the tip of that iceberg as we move into a world which is more and more abstract with more and more challenges to our sense of reality. And I guess, if anything, the only positive that deep fakes could have or cheap fakes for that reason is it makes people question things. Well, and you would hope so, but yeah. people don't. That's yeah. it. They're becoming lazier and they go into their own social media echo chambers and they therefore make them gullible and vulnerable. Great. That's why we need these podcasts. Yes. To make sure that our listeners are kept informed. Mm-hmm. Dispel those myths, Keith. Absolutely. Global Truths was presented by Dr. Keith Suter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.